So this next conversation kind of fits into some of the ones that we've had already today as we've been talking a bit about follow through, right? We sort of checked in on the federal daycare program and, you know, it's been around for a couple of years. Have we managed to accomplish the things that it set out to do or even on track to accomplish the things that it said it was going to do? And the answer on that is no. Um, National Pharmacare is sort of up in the air, supposed to be delivered at the end of the year, hasn't yet. Deadline March 1st, what's going to happen when that comes up? We're talking about defense spending. There's been a lot of talk around defense spending and not a lot of follow through. Now we're going to be talking about infrastructure. And some of the things that I just mentioned are indeed infrastructure in a way. I think we often think of, you know, bridges and roads and stuff, but infrastructure goes far beyond that in its broadest sense. So when we talk about infrastructure, it's all the things that we need to do to make the country work, make the city work, make the province work, doesn't matter. And... (laughs) We fall behind, and at the same time, we don't do a very good job of, again, following through. And I think this is part of the issue, and this is what our guest is going to talk to us about. We need to do a better job of not only just making the announcement, not only just having the photo op. We always do that. We do that really well. Um, but then what comes afterwards? So we're going to chat now with Ashley Whedon, a research associate with the Ontario Office of the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. Ashley, thanks so much for being here today. I appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for having me. So infrastructure is a term, like I say, that we use a lot, right? We, we throw it around. But just so we're clear, what we're referring here to goes beyond bridges and roads and things like that. Infrastructure, has, in, in its broadest sense, means more than that, right? Absolutely. Infrastructure, and you phrased it uh, perfectly at the top of the segment there, infrastructure is everything that underpins how we function on a day-to-day basis and the services that we need in order to make that happen. So, yes. Uh, transportation infrastructure, which we typically think of, yeah. you know, roads, bridges, and culverts tends to be the basic thing. But also, you know, we're in a housing crisis. That's infrastructure. A healthcare crisis. That's infrastructure. But even beyond that, energy, broadband, all of it, green infrastructure, right? Bioswales, things like that. But even beyond that, how we actually even do policy, how we make these decisions about where we're going to put our investments, that's infrastructure. So it's kind of a meta thing, right? It's on all yeah. levels. Um, but that process, around thinking around how do we structure our lives and how do we put that together, it's that entire system. And I think that, you know, we do ourselves a disservice when we keep it too narrow on things like just physical roads and physical objects. So when what are we doing wrong? What are we doing right? Let's Well, I think when we take a look at and like you say, it's the process, the process of building it, which is in a sense infrastructure. Do we come at it the right way? And when I'm talking about, you know, from planning to maintenance to all of it, do we have a plan in place? And if we do, is it the right plan? And I'm going to perfectly blunt, no, <laughs> we're not doing it right on, on almost any level and, and not to, um, to sort of avoid hurting anyone's feelings in particular. This is across all orders of government, municipal, provincial, yeah. federal, and across every partisan flavor you can imagine. This isn't, you know, one government of the day versus another. We're in sort of a deeply entrenched cycle of doing this poorly for many, many decades. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're very good at announcing things or saying we're going to do something and very, very poor at actually getting back to the principles of good policy and good investment in infrastructure, which is what problem are we trying to solve and how will we know that we solved it? And in order to do that, you actually have to look at a broad interconnected system of where are the needs? How do we ensure that no matter where you live or how you live, you have access to all of the core things that support a meaningful, good life? And then we need to collect data on what those things are and make decisions 
based on that. Now, everybody loves to talk about, you know, we're, uh, it's complex. Things are complex, right? That's become kind of the catch-all um, excuse for not digging deep into what is essentially a problem identification issue and then a follow-up issue, as you said. Are we kind of coming back to it and seeing what's going on? And a really good example of this, I happen to live in rural Ontario, done a lot of work on broadband, and any of your rural listeners will, will commiserate with me. We have spent billions and billions and billions of dollars over the course of my lifetime, and I'm nearing 40, and we have never once actually evaluated whether any of that spending has accomplished what it was supposed to do. So we're kind of throwing money at that, and and to go back to sort of bringing it full circle, you can say, I'm going to spend a billion dollars on this problem, but if the need was actually half a million, then you're way overdoing it, but if the need was 15 billion, then you're way underdoing it. But you have to actually know what the need is in order to appropriately make that decision. And then you have to figure out, did we accomplish that goal? Um, and we're very, very bad at that uh, across all orders of government, right? Getting that data, keeping that data, and then making decisions moving forward based on the evidence that we see. So, I mean, are, and maybe I'm just being cynical here, but it sounds like you got a little bit of cynicism there, too. I think when it comes to politics... <laughs> The politicians love the photo op. They love to put on the hard hat and stand there with a shovel and say, hey, look at this project that we're doing. And then they forget about it and we forget about it. And like you say, there's no, hey, did you actually make this happen? And if you did, why? What what were you trying to accomplish? And did you? Like, we're all, like you say, we're all about the announcement, but how do we even know what we need to do? It seems to me like there's a giant gap that we've created between what we do and what we need to do because we don't care about what we need to do. Well, and I mean, part of the challenge is, and, and yes, I am, I am approaching the, the age threshold for cynicism, <laughs> I think, but is that, um, you know, part of the challenge, and this is a challenge, again, all orders of government, all flavors of government, that we have increasingly got short policy attention spans, and even the public, right? We're on to the next issue um, that we're angry about before we've even finished figuring out, like, was that the right thing to be angry yeah. about yesterday? And Part of that is our approach to making decisions in an election cycle rather than a long-term nice. horizon. So I used to work. Uh, I used to work in the civil service side of things. So I have a deep love and affection for the public service, and I know that on both sides of the coin, that's really challenging. Where you get someone new to political office, often, and you spend kind of the first eighteen months figuring out what you can and can't do, and then a year really governing and doing work, and then eighteen months figuring out if you're going to run for re-election and how do you do that, and. That is a challenging way to make decisions about the long-term implications around infrastructure, which really requires us to both to do something that's challenging for the kind of sometimes selfish creatures that we are, which is to get outside of what's good for me, mine, in my particular constituency, and also what's good for me in this short time frame versus what is good for the whole. How do I make decisions on a society-wide basis and in a way that reflects those importance. And some of that challenge is we've really convinced ourselves that just because something's expensive means that it's awful. And unfortunately, that means that we're heading into, I'm sure, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm belying my Ontario-ness here, but in Toronto, there's a little big story right now around the municipal budget and what's going to be needed to correct many, many years of active disinvestment or deferring that. So mm-hmm. we kind of have to re-glamorize or make, make the, the, the work of care and maintenance 
sexy, which is really hard to do, but it is the actual core function of government to take care of those things. Exactly. And, and I think you make such an important point. We've talked about this before, and you mentioned healthcare earlier as being part of infrastructure. And there's a lot of people that say, we need to get this depoliticized. Get it out of the election cycle. It shouldn't be that. It's too important. I think there's a lot of things, and you're making a really good case to say the infrastructure. We need to have a long-term 20, 30, 50, 100-year plan that isn't subject to the whims of, oh, I'm going to get elected in this riding, so I'm going to throw a bunch of money there and neglect that one down the street, because it's too important, too. We need to have a better way. Yeah. And the, I mean, to offer a, a, a tiny note of hope, as it were, we actually already know what we need to do and largely have uh, tools and systems in place in order to do this in a better way. Um Across the country, municipalities are required to complete something called an asset management plan in order to have access to certain lines of of government funding from other orders of government. And these asset management plans, though, are really limited. They tend to be narrow in scale in terms of only looking at roads, bridges, and culverts. So your hospital, your community assets, um, the degree of green infrastructure that you have with your energy, uh, you know, like how are you going to prevent forest fires, all those things don't actually get included and then they're never actually aggregated at a higher level. So you have to complete it. Sort of, it's sort of like completing, you know, um, a lot of people my age would have had to sign, had their parents sign their planner every day in public school. But no one really said, well, why? Like, what was that for? Um, we just have to sign it. But no one was really monitoring what you were putting in that planner or whether that meant anything. So you're completing these asset management plans, but then they're not actually used to make funding decisions. And instead, we create all these one-off programs that are things like the Housing Accelerating Fund or a Smart Cities Challenge or this, that, and the other thing, rather than using the data that we've already got to make good decisions. And then around that depoliticization bit, this is where we're really running into, I think, a, a fundamental lack of civic education around how actually government in Canada works, because I think we're increasingly drawn into the American cycle of how they do their legislation and things. Um, but in Canada, we have a really solid and should have a better strengthened relationship between the civil service and the elected officials because on the civil service job, their job is to collect all that information and to provide recommendations based on sound evidence. And then elected officials provide the direction around how they want to see that go. And when you use data from that, we kind of get away from making these things around feelings and more about data. And you can think in a long-term way and you also have a mechanism to kind of hold feet to the fire, as it were, around the decisions that get made in a long-term thing. And I'll finally say, you can departisan things, but infrastructure isn't neutral, right? It, yeah. It's where we spend our money and how we put uh, investments into what we do and what we protect through those systems really reveals our priorities. And so when we look at things like our healthcare crisis, like our housing crisis, like our food security crisis, like our inability to figure out how we're going to manage a green transition in a world that really demands it, and instead kind of looking at this is the finite resource we're going to be able to infinitely exploit forever um, instead of changing the way we think. When we kind of look at all those things, what we're saying is those things don't matter to us in the way that we claim they do. And so getting back to this what problem are we solving and how will we know that we did it? And then using that as our evaluation all the way along the line becomes really about making good decisions for, for the entirety of the country rather than just what's really flashy right now. Ashley, you are making so much sense. Maybe too much sense for government. <laughs> I mean, it, it, That's it, the thing. It's so logical. <laughs> it, it totally is. I mean, it seems like this should be the starting point. How can anybody argue with this? Well, it's very, it's, it's, 
I mean, nothing's funnier than people, right? And we are True. people. We're yeah. all human beings. And there are also, I have a lot of empathy for our elected officials who are in this often impossible position of having to be all things to all people. Yep. And I think what we've, we've fundamentally need to refine is our courage around saying, this is going to be maybe a bit painful, right? Instead of saying we're going to prolong this sort of inappropriate or ineffective way of approaching how we look at energy production or how we manage education or where where and whether we need to construct more uh, roads for single vehicles, any of that kind of stuff. Battery plants are a really good example of this. Is this something that we're going into with our eyes wide open about the costs and benefits of this? Or are we doing this because it lets us continue kind of in the same, maybe not so great behavior that we know is hurting us? And so what we really need to do is that takes a lot of introspection to sort of be able to turn around and look at your people who have elected you and say, we have to do something different and we're not going to maybe like it in the immediate, but it's worth it. And I think one really, really great example around how we can think about how impossible that is and how we need to approach that correctly sometimes in order to get over the impossible is a really great example around the cod fishery in Newfoundland, right? Imagine what it was like to be a Newfoundlander, to be a, an elected representative and to stand up and say, we're going to have yeah. to shut down the thing that has sustained us forever and everything that goes into it. But you can do that in a way by saying, and we're going to invest in what will come next and we're going to put our money there. And so, yes, we have to say goodbye to this way of doing things, but here's where we're going to go. And that requires a lot of trust, and the evidence is what gives you trust rather than just rhetoric. And I think we really need to get back there. But it's hard. It's really difficult yeah. to do that in a in a sort of volatile environment where we are right now. I think you're right. I think it, 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 It's very hard, but it's very important. Ashley, I am out of time, but I enjoyed this <laughs> thoroughly. Thank you so much for being here today.